Hey everyone, I'm Ashley. And I'm Jasmine. And you're tuned into Ham Radio, a Stranger Things podcast. So, it's a uh, Ham Radio. The Cadillac of Ham Radio. And welcome back to another episode of Ham Radio, Stranger Things. Stranger Things podcast. As always, me and Jasmine have a special episode for you guys. And what makes this one more special is because we have two first time guests onto the podcast. Uh, and also, they're our first pod, uh, our first guests of the new year. I'm talking, of course, about uh, Zach and Devin, who are the hosts of the Hellfire Club Collective podcast. Zach, Devin, welcome to our show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, what we always like to do when we have guests on here is, you know, we just like to ask a few little introductory questions. So I'm just going to start uh, just by asking um, you guys, uh, just, you know, can you talk about your show? I know it's a, it's a rewatch, a Stranger Things rewatch podcast, but yours is a little bit different than most. So can you, uh, you know, elaborate on that uh, and tell people why it's different. Sure. I'll let you take the reins on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it actually, we got the idea as soon as we finished the latest season. Um, we immediately started talking to each other about, you know, whether or not they planned this out from the beginning. Because I, not to, I'm going to jump no, in real quick. I had, um, I had seen a couple articles online, like the Duffer brothers saying that they had like, they had known what they were going to do from the very beginning. And I, I had brought it up to Zach and we talked about it a little bit. And he was like, wouldn't it be cool if we like rewatched it to see if that was true or and if that falls a line? And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. I mean, we figured, you know, we're, we're going to do this anyway. We're, I know we're going to have thoughts about it because even just talking about it, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> um, and we were like, you know what? we're going to do something different. We're going to record ourselves. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to try to make a podcast out of this. We're just going to talk about episode by episode. What about this episode could have inferred that this is one solid plan all throughout the entire show. And that's kind of what we try to do with the Hawkins Hellfire Collective is watch the show from season one to season four and say how much of this was planned and where can we see that plan in the show. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I listen like, every every sunday when you guys drop new episodes uh, oh thank you <laughs> because like you bring up a lot of stuff that you know i hadn't you know thought of before mm-hmm. uh, so that's been really really cool um so when did you uh start watching stranger things it's when it started right yeah like a couple oh. days after it went live on netflix yeah so we we saw it come up and we we're like yeah we'll we'll put that on the list and then we had gone to my parents' house and my brother was still living there. And he was like, have you guys started watching stranger things yet? And we were like, well, no, it's on the list. He's like, no, you need to watch it now. And he put it on at their house. And we watched like the first, like five, five or six episodes. And then we came home, watched one. We were like, we need to go to bed. It's late. (laughs) And then woke up early the next morning to watch the, like the last episode. (laughs) We immediately got hooked on it. We binged hard when Stranger Things came out. And we have for like, 
sorry. We did, we have binged real hard for like every, every, every season. season after that. Like we'll, we'll watch it in a day and just be like, I think we need to go back and watch it again. Cause we probably missed stuff. <laughs> well, I'm a late bloomer. Uh, I didn't start watching until like 2018. So between seasons two and three. So okay. really season three was the first one I ever watched in real time. Uh, so I think that's why I love season three so much. Um, mm -hmm. I do remember uh, when the show first came out though, because I remember I watched the promos on Netflix and I thought I saw, you know, 11 and I was like, wow, this show looks really weird. It looks like, <laughs> I don't think I can get into it because it's, I thought it was about, I don't know, like, uh, you know, a mental institution and, and this girl was in there and I was just like, I don't really know if I can get into that. Uh, but now looking back on it, I do kind of wish that I would have used better judgment and just watched it because, you know, I would have been part of the OGs and also, you know, Netflix didn't have a lot of original content at that time. And so it's probably a little bit more special to watch it back then but uh i've been hooked ever since and uh, I, mean, I don't think anyone could blame you for that though I, I don't think netflix really understood how to market their shows back then well there's that interview with i think it's david harbour that like he said that like he'd talk to a friend of his back when they filmed it and like he's like i don't understand this marketing technique and his friend who who worked in television was like oh they're trying to bury it they don't they don't know what to do with it or like they're trying to bury the show and so I think, like, I don't, I don't know if they were trying to bury it, but I think you're right. I don't, I don't know if they, I mean, it was such a new thing, like, back then. Like, I think that was their first hit after Orange is the New Black, if I'm not mistaken. So mm -hmm. I don't think yeah. they knew how to mark things. And also, like, I feel like that was the era of, like, you know, like, prior to that, a made-for-TV thing was a step down in your career. Mm -hmm. And Netflix, you know, people like to, you know, there's a lot of criticism and that's valid. But I think what Netflix did is it took that whole made for TV thing and it took it from like this step down your career to a level up to something mm -hmm. that could make your career or, you know, bring you new opportunities. Um, and it was kind of the takeoff of streaming. So I think you're right. They didn't, um, I don't think they really knew, nobody knew in fairness how to market streaming back then. Um, and similar to, to Ashley, I didn't, so I didn't watch Stranger Things um, until the pandemic, which I think I watched it for the first time in 2021. I say I think because the last three years are such a blur that it could have oh. been 2020. <laughs> Although I think it was 2021. Um, but yeah, I, and similarly, I you know I had cousins that watched and friends that watched it, and people you know said, "Oh, you got to watch it, you got to watch it." But every time it was described to me, I'd never seen a trailer, never seen a promo. I don't know how that escaped me, but it did. Like I knew it was it was a thing, but I didn't know anything else. And every time someone described me, they made it sound super scary. And I don't like horror. I like true crime, but I don't like horror. I don't like thrillers, don't like any of that. So when they described it to me, I was like, oh, this is like super scary. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like this at all. And then actually the reason I wound up watching was um, I saw the movie Free Guy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went and saw Free Guy and I love that movie so much. I went and saw it twice in theaters, which I haven't done in years. And then I've watched it like twice when it came out on Disney Plus. And I walked out of that movie and I went, I need to see every person in that movie in like a 20 hundred more things. And 
what got me to is something I loved about that movie is I was like, man, I'm watching it at theaters. And I'm like, I know these actors, but I don't know from what. And I went home and Googled it. I'm like, oh, wow. Like the costume team did such a good job. They look so different in that movie. You don't, you recognize them, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's the, that guy's in Stranger Things. And so like, I was talking to a friend of mine and we watched a lot of TV together. And I'm like, you've seen it, right? Cause I remember her talking vaguely about like being mad about Barb, like four years ago or something. <laughs> and I listened, but it didn't really mean anything to me. And then we were at her house and I was like, you've seen it right and she's like yeah and I'm like I'm thinking about watching it do you think I would like it like it sounds scary but like you know me because I feel like a lot of times when people describe things to me they're not very accurate but I trust her like she knows what I can and cannot handle in terms of a tv show and she's like yeah there's a couple of jump scares with the monster in season one but apart from that like it's as it goes on it's more of a mystery than it is horror it's you know then we get really into the 80s and the Russians and I'm like okay so we started watching it and then like first episode it was kind of like eh but then like we started watching at my place and then like we started binge watching it and I was like oh yeah like I've just been watching it and she's like well we could watch it together I was like you don't mind re-watching and she's like honestly it's been so long I, I remember season one I barely remember season two or three um because at this point it had been ages since season three had come out and so yeah and so then like we went up binge watching it and I remember getting kind of like you just to the end of the night and be like we need to go to bed but then Nancy went into the freaking tree and I'm like, what do you know? No. So then we had to stay up. We were like up to like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And it was like, because we got to figure out, like, she went into the tree. Does she come back out of the tree? Like, <laughs> what? And so then we just like binge watched that for season one and then season two and then season three. Um, and we couldn't binge watch season four in the same way because it was really long. And she was like on a trip to the US during volume two. But like, we watched it in like, yeah, I think volume one came out and we watched like everything we could on like the Friday. Then I went to her house on the Saturday morning to like watch the rest of it. <laughs> so um, yeah, we both got really into it. And um, yeah, and I've just become totally obsessed. So uh, like Ashley, I'd, I'd never seen it before. And I kind of wish, like I said, I kind of wish I'd watched it sooner because you know, I think it would have been cool. Like I see stuff online. I'm like, oh, it would have been cool to be part of that. Or like when I was looking at stuff for a Halloween costume this year, I went as Chrissy and. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was Googling stuff and, you know, different, obviously different companies have collabed with them now. Right. And there was, it turns out there was like an H&M collab for season three and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh man, that stuff would have been cool to buy, but you can't, you only got it that year. Right. You can't get it anymore. And so there's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah. yeah. What, what were you saying? You uh, we 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 made sure uh, Devin didn't actually miss out on the latest. Yeah, I got I got I got the Hellfire uh, vans because <laughs> I have I have a problem. I have an Eddie problem. Um, <laughs> any any Eddie merchandise has, has landed in my lap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I f- I fit it into the Christmas gifts this year too. <laughs> right on. But yeah, like um. Also, you know, what Jasmine was talking about, you know, with the other actors uh, being in other stuff. Yeah, that's like one of the reasons that I chose to watch the It movie in 2017, because I was like, hey, you know, uh, well, not in 2017, but it was like 2019 when I watched it. Um, I was like, oh, that's Finn Wolfhard. I mean, it shouldn't be that bad. Very bad mistake, because <laughs> I do not like horror. And so I, I, if I had to go back and redo that, I would not have watched just because he was going to be in it. Um, 
but yeah um one of the reasons that I like watching thrillers or psychological stuff is because of Stranger Things because you know they just help me kind of learn more about Stranger Things because it is a lot of you know psychological elements to it so uh watching this show has been help it has been really good to help me broaden my uh film and television viewing so um Zach, uh, Devin, what has been your favorite season of Stranger Things so far? That's tough. Um, Hardest question that will ever be asked. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like it's hypocritical to say or may, or something like because, you know, you, always, you never want to say like, oh, the newest season is my favorite season. But I, I kind of think season four actually is my favorite season of the show so far. So my, my, I think my favorite is one, is season one, honestly, yeah. I really like season one. Cause it's that it's, it's a great like jumping point of all the characters. Um, season four is a close second. Um, but I really like season one. I thought that was a great way to, you know, kick off, uh, a show and, like there, there's nothing like the nostalgia factor and everything that you get from from season one. I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think season one in general can stand on its own as its own thing. You mm. don't actually need season two, three, and four. They're all fantastic, but like, season one can stand on its own as an incredible show and an incredible one shot. Mm -hmm. I think the reason I still I currently like four best is that even though there were character decisions, I really didn't agree with especially for you know fin uh for mike and jonathan mm -hmm. um when season four was on it was really on yep like everything involving nancy steve dustin it was so good the hawkins crew was on the point. yeah and even the russia stuff i went into season four thinking i was going to hate the entire russian subplot and as soon as they ended up like in the actual gulag where like you know the demogorgon is down there from that point on it took off and i actually really enjoyed it i thought i was gonna hate it yeah it to me you know watching um you know the first season of stranger things i mean of course i wasn't you know there in 2016 to watch it but the first time i watched it i really enjoyed it because it's kind of like you know the first time you hear a, a really good song um and even though you you enjoy listening to it you know multiple times you're never going to get that the feeling the sensation of listening to it for the first time ever again and that's kind of how mm -hmm. stranger things is um like you're never going to get the thrill of of you know the first eight minutes of this show ever again um so to me that's why it's so iconic because you know they they start you off like right away will gets taken and then boom we're off to the races and um uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's, you know, it was very different, very different show. Um, and, you know, it still to a degree is, you know, they, uh, like I know, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi came out the same time season four. And uh, to my knowledge, season four outdid Obi Wan in all, all the categories, you yeah. know, because people like different, but a good mm -hmm. different, you know? Yeah. So looking back on season one, after 
you watched season four, do you think Vecna slash Henry slash one was in the Duffer Brothers' minds at the time of writing the first season, or do you think uh, that came later? We didn't we talk we talked about this, didn't we? And we we, we talked about this a lot. Yeah, that we really don't think that that was in their mind until like season two, right? Yeah, Isn't that what we landed on. Um, I think the way that season one plays out, and the, especially the way it ends. Um, and the context of understanding that the Duffer brothers didn't know whether or not the show was going to be a success. They didn't know whether or not they were going to get a season two. They initially intended to create an anthology series where it was a different story every season with totally new characters, not even based in Hawkins or anything. Yeah. Um, with all of that in mind, it really doesn't seem like they had this plan in season one. I do think, I think we've talked about this pretty extensively. We yeah. both think that once they started writing season two, they planned out at least a rough sketch of everything to come afterward. Yeah. Um, it, it seems pretty apparent that from season two on, Vecna was the plan. Yeah, we found, we we were tying a lot more things together with like season four and possible future things with season two than we did with um, season one. Like we would, we would watch things like, I don't, that, that doesn't seem like it's going like, to have anything to do with what's gonna happen next right like this doesn't play with the rules they established later on at all like yeah there's a lot of that in season one yeah definitely you could um you could definitely view season one as actually being a standalone season because i agree like season two from season two onward is you can definitely tell that's when they knew where they wanted to go uh, Mm -hmm. with the series um but i do think that um they knew they wanted to do something with number one um because you know when that companion novel or whatever came out the author was allowed to write about whatever she wanted to she just couldn't write about number one uh so i do think you know they they did event, they had a plan to eventually include number one possibly as the villain but i don't think the vecna henry krill stuff came until they were possibly writing season four um mm-hmm. yeah i knew you guys you talked a lot about it on your show that's why i was like i have to ask because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah, know we now tend, he... we tend to go off rants yeah <laughs> <laughs> well now he's he's a big part of this show and it's ending so it's only natural for us to speculate okay has has he been a part of their plan from the beginning or is or is it you know, just him coming in now to wrap up the story. Right. Was he always supposed to be the big bad? And that's kind of like what we're trying to speculate a little bit. Yeah. We want to find all the evidence for it. And yeah. I think there was a there was a big moment in season two that really solidified it for us. Oh, was there? The, the clock. Oh, in the, in the end credits? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, the, in the end credits of one of the episodes, you, you hear the clock from season four. Oh, is that what people are making the edits of? Because I've seen people making. Have you guys seen those edits where they um, they talk about like where you can hear a clock throughout the seasons? Have you guys seen those? I I do know what you're what you're talking about with that, but this was different. So this was just like just at the end of an episode, like you know how sometimes when the credits will go, it'll be a like the a continuation of the song that the episode ends mm-hmm. on, or um, you know just 
sometimes it's just silence. And there was one particular episode. I don't remember what. I'm pretty sure it's was. immediately after the smoke is going into Will. Okay. Um, okay. So the end of that episode and like during the credits, like when the credits are rolling, it's a clear like grandfather clock, like chime, like chime. Um, it doesn't sound like warped and old like it does um, in season four but it is clear that it is a grandfather clock. And I remember when we, when we were watching that again, I was just like, that's a grandfather clock. Do they know what they're doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure if you take that exact sound effect that they use for that episode, throw it into an audio editor and slow it down a couple decibels, you're going to hear the grandfather clock from season four. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought of that, which usually I don't, I, I'll be honest, with you, usually I don't wait around unless it's like a season finale because I want to see if there's a post-credit scene or not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's very interesting. I have to go back and rewatch the episode to see uh, if it's in there. I mean, I, like, you know, when Hopper first goes into the Upside Down in season two, there's like a little dong, almost like that's one I was thinking of. Yeah. I've seen the edits of that one, and that one always gets me because it's like it I think it's subtle to the point that you don't notice it, but now that we know that there's something with the clock and Vecna, now you can like I've noticed people started to pick up on more stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't I'm just thinking about it. I don't know, like when I was listening to, to your podcast, I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, like m- maybe you're right, and they didn't have that plan until season two, but then I'm like on the other hand, part of me is like, well, maybe there's just pieces that we're missing. Do you know what I mean? Like after watching season four, my kind of feeling was like, okay, maybe this was the plan all along, or at least part of this was the plan. And there's just like a piece of the puzzle we're missing. That was kind of the vibe I got out of season four. Like we got to the end of it. And I'm like, wait, we didn't find out this, 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 this. We're missing piece of the puzzle. So like totally get what you guys are saying. But also to me, the vibe I got was, I feel like we're just missing pieces of the puzzle. So that's kind yeah. of, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Definitely. I think a big one is why is the upside down stuck in the day that Will went missing? And we yeah. have theories about that. Like, we won't yeah. go super into that right now. But, like, <laughs> that's a big piece of the puzzle that they need to explain in yeah. the next season. If they don't, yeah. it's like a total missed opportunity. Yeah. I think. Well, mostly... they have said they. Oh, go ahead, Jasmine. I was going to say they have the difference. have said they are going to address that because I thought they were going to address that in volume two and then they didn't. And I know you guys have talked about this extensively, so I won't go too much into it, but something that, you know, when I was listening to your episodes, I was like, you're like, oh, this doesn't work. And I'm like, ooh, it's so interesting that that's how you guys saw it. Because to me, I'm like, the vibe I got was like, it's not that it doesn't work. It's that like, Will has a kind of special relationship with the Upside Down. And I thought we were going to get into that in volume two, because they set that up. And then I'm like, oh, we're not we're not it's like oh no we're going to that season five so like, I'm super excited about that because they've said Will is going to be like a big focal point of season five and I'm like all right because I love Will as a character and mm-hmm. as people keep pointing out this season they're like Will went missing and then he got possessed and then he got sidelined and then he's in a van and like when is Will's gonna be Will's moment to shine so I'm super excited for season five and in my heart I feel like we're missing a piece of the puzzle. That piece of the puzzle is Will. We're going to see it. And even if it doesn't line up perfectly, I'm still super excited for it. Like, I'm so excited for that about season five. 
absolutely we've been saying the same thing we yeah. think you're right like will is five needs yeah. to be will's time to shine yeah <laughs> yeah. To be. yeah yeah 100 100 well see i'm gonna be the outlier here uh and hopefully you know you will still want to come back on our show even after i say this but um <laughs> i just want you to keep in mind that i like will like I have nothing against Will Byers as a character or as a person, uh, but I I do not think right, as of right now with giving zero context of season five, I I just don't think that Will is going to be at, quite as important. Um, I think as some fans have, you know, that want him to be. I mean, it could be like you know, in season five, instead of, you know, feeling the tingling on his neck and not telling anyone, he could be like, hey, guys, he's here, <laughs> you know, it's probably going to be something like that, um, because, you know, characters have been hyped up before, and then once you see it on screen, nothing ever actually comes to fruition, um, so I'm not, I'm not going down that train just yet until I get a little bit more uh context you know teasers trailers you know that sort of thing because I think I think at the end of the day what's going to happen in season five is they're going to have everything happen and then it's going to be for an epic showdown between Eleven and Vecna um and whether Will whatever part he plays in that or not I don't really know but um, that's just my take on Will uh, for next season, only because, you know, they've had so much time to continue to develop him. And as Jasmine pointed out, you know, they sidelined him. And then, you know, this season, they just put him in a van and they don't really have him doing much. And I just, going into the fifth and final season, I don't really know if they have time to completely give him a bunch of stuff and then explain you know, why he's able to do this, this, and this, uh, because, you know, one of the fears I have for season five in general is that they're not going to have enough time to, you know, wrap up the storylines that have been set um, in season four, much less all the ones from back in season one, you know, the plot holes that have yet to be answered, um, so I just want for season five, like, if, if it's important for Will to you know have powers or what have you and it aids the plot then by all means please do that but if it's not please don't waste a second of screen time on it when there's other more important things that you could you know be filming for it but that's just that's just my hot take that's probably the last one for that that I give so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't oh. be surprised if if you're right and that, you know, he really doesn't have much of a role to play in the final showdown. I think if nothing else, um, I think he'll be the catalyst for solving a lot of the mysteries that we still have left over. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would be really fine with that um, because, you know, so far, Will Byers is the only person that has lived in the, you know, been in the Upside Down for a week and lived to tell the tale. So absolutely, if, you know, we need to learn something about it from, you know, his perspective, because we never really have uh, so far on the show, which I think is a shame, um, then yeah, by all means, 
please do that, Dever Brothers. If you're watching this podcast, please do that. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, there is the comic and it's really good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, on that note, I feel like the solution to like the issues that both you, not both, all of you guys are raising is to me like, and actually I've talked about this other, on the podcast, but is some kind of not a flashback episode, but something where, you know, kind of like, I liked how they interwove a more of Eleven's backstory this season, where like she was in the present, but also in the past. And I like the way they did that. And so I'm kind of hoping for something like that. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about, you know, seeing Eleven's escape, you know, seeing more of Will on the upside down. Um, and so I feel like that's a good solution. You know what I mean? Like if they're showing it through flashbacks or like you have one of those scenes, I love it when they do it, where like a character is about to explain something and like cut to a flashback. That way we can see it visually. So that's interesting to us without like standing there while like a character expositions to everybody else. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like that's a lot of issue in other TV shows. Um, so I'm kind of hoping for something like that where we get that backstory in like a visually interesting way that kind of fills us in. So when we cut back to the present, it's like, all right, now that we all understand and the characters understand, we can move forward. Um, yeah, so that's also why I'm excited for that because I've really enjoyed when they have done flashbacks like that. I think I think they do them well. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Eleven's powers create the perfect opportunity to do that in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So um, as Jasmine just mentioned briefly there about Eleven's escape, and this is something that we've we've talked about a lot, you know, either on here or, you know, just, you know, conversation. Um, so I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on it. Um, what do you think was the catalyst that caused Eleven to leave the lab um, prior to the season one happenings? Um, we, we, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I think we might've talked about it like together, like don't like her final straw was that the cat yeah. incident yeah. where, where she ended where up killing she, guards. Yeah. Like Brenner wanted her to kill the cat and she refused and then wound up, you know, she was getting punished or whatever and wound up like I think that was like kind of her tipping point like I I need to get out well also I think she escapes immediately after the Demogorgon gets out so it also could have been a fear reaction because mm. she touches the Demogorgon it sees her and then as much as we can line up that timeline that's when the Demogorgon kind of finds the lab and the tear opens up and it gets out so it might have also just been like, it's, hey, I, I I can't do that again. Yeah. Stop making me do this yeah. kind of thing. Because you can, like, when you see her in, in the lab and stuff, even in season one, you can tell she's not happy no, with no, anything. So, like, between the cat and the Demogorgon and all of that, I think it was just, like, she had just reached her final straw and was like, I need to peace <laughs> yeah. like bye <laughs> yeah. i don't know why i know this way out but right, i know but it. i know it <laughs> yeah well, that's why i've repressed this in yeah. my vault <laughs> well that's like what we're hoping we're going to get a flashback to that because when i was watching the season with my friend for volume one she was like and i have a better kind of memory for those type of timelines and stuff Cause she was like, wait, is this right before season one? And I counted and she's like, and I was like, no, 11 would have been about seven there. 
And since we know she repressed it, um, which, I mean, I have to be honest, for most TV shows, when they do like a repressed storyline, I'm like, that's bogus. But that's what I actually buy. Because if you, like, if you inflict enough trauma, especially on somebody who's very, very young, mm-hmm. like, I could, that does make sense to me as like a trauma response, like a true trauma response. Um, but I was like, yeah, I really hope we're getting a flashback to that because, you know, whatever that catalyst was, you know what I mean? If it was fear, if it was just she hit her final straw, what I'm trying to figure out after watching season four is I'm like, how did she, like she's repressed it. So somewhere in her mind, she knew how to get out. But since they caught one and 11 down there, like when several years prior, obviously they would have amped up security. So I want to know how she got from the lab into the basement to get outside. Like, I want to see that because I'm like, how did she do that? Since right. like Renner and the staff would have been informed that this is a thing, this is a way out and she's done it before or almost got out that way. So that's what I want to know. I have a right. sneaking suspicion that that's going to get hand waved by the duffers. I like I agree with you I would really love to know exactly how that went down but yeah because that's so true like they saw them down there in the past they they would have amped up security there would have been like guards to keep that like you can't nobody like as a restricted area and then she just goes out the same way (laughs) yeah and like I hope they're not gonna hand wave it because I'm like well if they are going to hand wave it. I like, I'm not sure what the point of bringing that up was because like, it wasn't like we all had a burning question. What caused her to leave the lab? What caused her to get out that way? That wasn't a burning question. I don't think anybody had. Um, so I hope we are going to dive back into that. Cause my other thought was, well, like back when all the other kids were at the lab, it was easier for her to kind of not sneak out, but like there's more distractions available to kind of pull like a one over. But yeah. by the time... Right before season one starts, she's the only kid there. Brenner's the only original surviving member because everyone else in the lab is dead. So all the staff are new or they've retired. Like, since we know that Kali looks up, like they look up the other guy that like, you know what I mean? Like everyone else either left the lab or been killed in the massacre at that point. So all the other new people, like they would be told this and they would be told to amp up security. Um so I hope they're not going to hand wave it just because I, that's something I really liked about season four and I hope it pays off is there's a lot of things, those type of storylines, but also like romantic storylines. So I'm like, well, never thought that was coming back. Didn't have a burning desire to see that come back. Not unhappy about it. Happy about it, actually. But like, <laughs> that wasn't a burning question we were left with after three seasons. So I thought that was an interesting way to take it. You know what I mean? To bring up these questions that like nobody really had and be like, what if? Or hey, we could bring this back, you know. So, I'm hope I'm hoping they do come back to that stuff because I'm like, if they if they don't and they just brought it up when we didn't need to know, like it wasn't a burning question. I think I will be disappointed, honestly. I literally just had a thought about this while we were talking about it. She probably, at least from a timeline perspective, she probably escaped at the same time the Demogorgon was doing his thing inside the lab and murdering people at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. oh i hadn't thought about that because it um remind me like i feel like it well she sees the demogorgon but so it actually does go into the lab i'd forgotten well, about that i know remember she, her seeing it in the void so she doesn't see it there at the beginning um but like that set off a big red alert across the entire lab like you know the sirens wailing and mm-hmm. everything all oh, the staff right, was yeah. like, scrambling yeah 
So that would have given her the perfect opportunity to slip out. Oh, okay. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you saw that crisis and was like, I'm out of here. I don't know how, yeah. but I'm getting out. Yo, like, this is my chance. Bye. Let's go. Bye. I'm out. But yeah, like she would either had had to, you know, take an advantage advantage of the situation there or escape within the night because, you know, where Henry shows her, you know, the, the exit, I mean, that's that's a long way. Um in that tunnel from the boiler room i mean Mm -hmm. it's you know from a boiler room all the way to the edge of the woods beyond the fence that is a really a long way and i know you know she's a tiny child but still that's that's a very very long way that's why she was so like when they when they find the scrap of like her gown i feel like it's either miss Mr. Clark or one of the deputies, because then someone comment on goes, "Really, a kid through there? It's pretty small." And Hopper's like, "Depends how small the kid is." Yeah, like, why yeah, am I surrounded by idiots? That's what made him think it was Will, because Will is such a small, small little guy. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love something I really love about Hopper as a character, and I'm excited to kind of see this, you know, when he come back in season five. But like, even when it can be an ass, he's a really good cop, and those moments. When he's looking at the people around him being like, oh my God, like, why? Like, I know I chose to move back here, but why is everyone around me so, like, incompetent? Like, oh my God, guys. <laughs> like, that is, that is one of my favorite things. And something I'm really excited for in season five is I think there's a lot of those moments where Hopper's like, oh my God, this is the best we got. I'm so excited to see the, the gang and the party all come together in season five. And now that I feel like we're kind of past that to be like, all right, if you're here, you've earned your place here. So let's just like get to work and be like, you know, that sounds like a dumb idea, but it could be possible. So let's just let's just go with it and then see if we can make this work. Um, I'm super excited for that. Also thinking about season one, one of my favorite lines that season is um, when him and Joyce are talking and they're talking about the drawing. And she's like, well, is, is it is it good? Like, is, is the art good? And he's like, I don't know. It's a kid's drawing. And she shows it to him. And he goes, have I been chasing the wrong kid this whole time? Mm-hmm. Chills. Like, one of the best moments of that season for me is it's like, yeah. That's even better going back and knowing, like, the relationship he and Eleven have. And be like, no, nah, man, you're chasing your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I've heard... Um, you uh, mentioned on your podcast before that you know that was one of the re- relationships that you think was planned out from the beginning and I agree um, just like her and Mike's relationship I think they definitely uh, they knew they wanted to get the you know 11 and Hopper together as father and daughter and her and Mike together as you know boyfriend girlfriend type and uh, I think that's you know her her and Hopper's relationship is like a very beautiful relationship um because you know he lost his daughter to cancer and now he's gained a daughter albeit you know under very different circumstances than one would like uh but and it you know, took him a while to learn how to be a father to um you know a daughter of her age um but once you know he jailed i mean he really jailed and and uh you know, I know things are going to be different in season five, but I do hope we get more Hopper uh, 11 screen time next season. Oh, we need to. Definitely. They 
yeah because even I mean we haven't rewatched season three but like I don't know I, he was just I just I want to see them I want to see them more together I want to see that that dynamic play out a little bit more especially because of how affected Eleven is all through season four yeah over mm-hmm. Hopper not being around yeah. like how heartbreaking like those first couple episodes like when she makes the diorama right like, like oh my god diorama Oh, yeah. I and, knew she was doomed when she said that. I was like, no. yeah. And then just like that little that reunion at the end of the last episode of season four was it was not long enough for you know yeah. everything that she had gone through. Um, I just I need I need more I need more I need more Daddy Hopper and and Eleven. I just need it. <laughs> yep. <coughs> so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say on that note, like, um, I, I, like I love their moment. Like, it's so subtle, but I love their moment when she's like, she's freaking out and crying. She's like, I never stopped believing. I kept the door open three inches because he was so like, he was he was so freaking out about that last season, and he's just like, I know it's okay. And I really like, um, obviously you never wish someone to wind up in the situation Hopper's in, but as a lot of people have commented on, I think it's you know, is him kind of this has been such a horrible experience, like the worst thing you could possibly go through, right? Like we see a lot of horrible stuff, but I think being tortured and held in a Russian prison, like the worst, like one, or at least one of the worst. Um, and I think, I love that he kind of, you're right, it wasn't long enough, but he came back with that moment of kind of like, it puts things into, into perspective, right? Things that really mm-hmm. bothered you, like the fact that your daughter is dating or the fact that they won't keep the door open three inches, no longer matter when you just type that. Um, and yeah. I, I loved, like, yeah, like I loved, it was, like it was short, but like I loved, like just the choice, his entire demeanor has changed. He's like, it's okay, it's okay. Putting him in my career night, oh my God, waterworks. And oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we need more of that. And I saw people comment that we didn't stuff of like the buyer's hopper play at the beginning. Joyce is, is taking them in California that yeah. we didn't mm-hmm. see enough and I, I like I get that they had to get the ball rolling I, I get that but I really hope to see more kind of domestic moments in kind of interspersed between the action in season five because I think it's just this interesting dynamic you know between the five of them like I'm just very interested to see more of that for them I think we need to see we need to see both Mike and Jonathan have their characters fixed up from where they were in season four. But we need like season one through three, Mike and Jonathan to come back so that we can have those relationships really play out on screen. Because I feel like Will stepped it like even for as unsure as Will is in everything he does, he stepped into the shoes of like being the big brother for 11 during that time. And we only got like a small glimpse of it. And Jonathan yeah. decided, all right, well, I'm going to go get high and hang out with, dark aisle from now on like yeah, which yeah. made no I sense for his character also I was like my friends have commented on this but like in previous seasons like Jonathan was like actively pursuing something right yeah. he was always taking pictures that was his entire character okay mm-hmm. and then season four comes along and he's we don't see him take a single photo I don't think he even holds a camera at any point um <laughs> and he's just off getting high with Argyle and like I've multiple people say this to me, but they're like, Mike and Will are the ones taking the lead when they're on the road trip, which is insane because they're like, what, 14, 15? 
<laughs> right. And it's he, like a jo- Jonathan's not. Or just dicking around, like what? Right. And like, Boof also pointed this out to me, but like Mike, it's like I feel like he's done. He's done. He started doing the work to be a better boyfriend. I'm like, okay, great, but I don't think he's really done the work to be a better friend. And I'm like, oh my god, like, oh, your heart just goes out to Will. He's trying so hard here. He's being everything to everybody, putting everybody, like, setting himself on fire to keep everybody else warm. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. Mike, pull your head out of your ass. Like, oh, just come on, dude. Will deserves better. He does. <laughs> Will, Will deserves better. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Like, I'm not opposed to Byler, but I think here's my dream for season five, one of them. Like, he, not only does he deserve better, but I'd really love to see Will, you know, find love with another student, like another student at, the, at their high school or something. Because I'm like, to me, like, either Mike doesn't love him back, or if he does, he's being a real ass about it. Like, he's being really, like, he deserves better, you know what I mean? Like, Will deserves somebody, I love Will, and he deserves somebody, I think, who is like 100% into him. Like Robin and Vicky are into each other. Like I want that for him, you know. Like he just, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, not even, not even on like the Byler sense, but just as like in a friendship way. Like Will deserves mm-hmm. to have a better friend than Mike was to him, and in, in yeah. season four, just oh, just overall, like be nice. Oh, the to whole Will. birthday thing. The birthday right, thing. like it was his birthday. Rollergate was his birthday, and nobody said happy birthday to Will. It was all just, oh, I'm going to smash this girl in the face with a roller skate. Ah! That might actually be a continuity <laughs> error, but if it is, it's a really funny one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm divided on whether that's a continuity error or not. But regardless, like, I, like, I, I agree. Like, it's like from, 11, from 11's perspective, I get where she's coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's obviously dealing with some trauma and... Right has not been living society and her and you don't see much of it but like her and will clearly have this special bond right um and so i get her but like reason he's pissed at mike is it's like you you are clearly not dealing with this type of trauma i mean he has trauma as well but like not the same and it's like you know you you you, we grew up in the same town like you know i'm gonna be miserable all day if i'm third wheeling like you didn't even hug me at the airport like and like I feel like if Will wasn't in love with Mike, he wouldn't be putting up with his shit. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. my yeah, friend treated no, me that way. Not I'd be like, Lucas would have punched <laughs> him at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas would have yeah, gone for walked away. Watch us. Will also picks up a roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Found the other roller skate. Let's just go. Let's just, let's just, you, him and Elle just bounce. They just, they just <laughs> <pass> it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a little theory about maybe why Mike is so indifferent to Will, especially in season four. Um, I think it's because he knows that Will is gay and probably knows that Will, you know, has feelings for him. And I think, I'm not saying that Mike is like homophobic because, I mean, there's been no, you know, real evidence to point to that. Uh, I think really what it is, is Mike uh, either A, doesn't know how to, you know, respond uh, to, to that, uh, or B, um, he doesn't want Will to get the wrong idea of, you know, I 
reciprocate those feelings. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, like you said, he didn't hug him at the airport. I think because it was very, very awkward. Um, and he didn't even like, you know, give him a clap on the back or anything. It was like, hey, you know, and I think it's because, you know, Mike knows Will's gay and knows that Will has feelings for him. And I don't think he wants, I don't think he wants Will to be hurt uh, by anyone, especially himself, because I, I, mean, I do think he sees Will as his best friend. And I think what Mike really wants Will to understand is like, you know, Eleven's my girlfriend. I love Eleven. Uh, we can still be best buds, but we can't be, you know, um, you know, in a relationship or anything. And I don't want to hurt your feelings by telling you that. So it's best if I, I, you know, act like an awkward jerk. So that's my little theory on that. I think that's that one of the things that kind of drives me nuts about season four, Mike, is season one and two, Mike, is a more emotionally intelligent character than the exact same kid two years later. Mm. Um, which I, I would like to think is somehow intentional, but to me, it just, it, it, it like, to me, it feels like them saying we don't, like, we've kind of forgotten how Mike should act, mm. like, as a character. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like th that, that same token, that same season one Mike that we saw. Uh, if he had those same ideas, he wouldn't choose to be a jerk to Will. He would choose to be like a supportive friend who has like trouble navigating this. Um, like not not to not to poo poo your theory because I'm actually like I, I I kind of agree with you, but like that's why I feel like that character was kind of done dirty this season. Like, yeah, the, the yeah him and Jonathan, mm -hmm. just yeah. their actions don't gonna... match the characters we've been watching. Yeah, I'm not that, like, I'm not that concerned about, like, if Jonathan's character doesn't recover, I think I'm fine with that. Um, but I agree about Mike, that, like, I, and I really hope, because I don't know if you guys were thinking this, but, like, when we, when volume two hadn't come out yet, I was expecting we were going to get to volume two, and we were going to find out what was really going on with Jonathan, because obviously he's lying about everything, but I'm like, okay, did he not get into Emerson or NYU? Did he not, did he not get into, did he not apply? Like, I thought we were going to find that out, and we didn't. And then, like, Wait, did, I thought there was going to be a review. Uh -huh. hmm? I, I thought he said he never applied, but I, I don't know. I might be wrong. No, what he said, unless I'm mistaken, I think, like, he tells Argyle he's applied to Lenore Hills Community College, but he doesn't, and he says he's not going to Emerson, but he doesn't actually say if he applied or not. So I'm like, did he, uh, my friends have been no. doing him, like, did he, he not never... apply? Or... No. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was just, I was just saying, yeah, he never, he, I was agreeing with you. Like he never states whether or not he actually applied there and didn't get in or, or what he just says, he's not, he's not going. He's not going. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was expecting us to get an answer that we didn't. So I'm like, all right, they clearly got to address that. And then all of my friends and I said, the minute Hopper shows up, he's going to take one look at Jonathan and know that something is up. He's going to like, he's going to be able to also all three of them. Cause he's been a cop his whole life, right? I'm like, he's gonna take one look at them. We all went, he's gonna take one look at those kids and be like, I mean, they're not kids anymore, but you know, like he's gonna take one look and be like, what the hell? And I think something that bothered me, I think about a lot of people at the end of season four is that like, A, we skipped two days and B, it's so short at the end there. Like that final shot is epic, but because we skipped that time, it's, it's cut off. So you're like, 
the things I think we were all expecting to kind of happen didn't happen there. And yeah, and I was hoping for that too. And like, I agree, like I would, I was, I, I was also expecting Will to come out officially. I was expecting, you know, us to get some more clarity on what the hell's Mike pro- Mike's problem was this season. Like, yeah. <laughs> and just with the, the two days thing, there's a lot that needs, I feel like needs to get brought up. Like, how did they get out of the upside down when they're like, it was the rope was cut. Dustin clearly broke his leg trying to like get back in after getting out. Like you can't tell me that they all just like formed a human chain and climbed out. The, like, you know, well, plus, plus the, the, the crack started at each portal. And right. when the yeah, crack yeah. started, they cut that one dude in half. So like, was yeah. it safe to go through those portals? Right. It, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming it wouldn't have been safe to go through even from the other side. So, like, how how did they get out? They they're they they have a lot of explaining to do in that two day time frame, and if it's just like glossed over or just like mentioned, that's something that I'm going to be really mad about because I feel like that 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 that's a, that'll be a major plot hole. If it's just like, oh yeah, and well, we did this to get out of the upside down. No, I need to know details. Like, how did you do this? Go, go back, show <laughs> us. Show those us two how days. that happened. Yeah, I'm also hoping for flashbacks there. I know a friend of mine had a theory that since they were in the Creel house on the other side, or part of them were, like, I don't know how Dustin would have gone back. Right. But they're like, oh, did they go back through one of the openings in the Creel house? Since there's floorboards to kind of hang on to, would that have been a little bit safer or something? Could they have used something in the Creel house? And I'm like, okay, I could kind of see that. Um, but then I'm like, they where's Eddie's body? Did they leave it down there? That seemed right. weird. You have theories. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, we're not going to get in cast. We're not going to, no. we'll be here all night. We're not going to, yes. But that's like, not the theory. That's not the theory. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the theory? We so I am very familiar with the cast theory, but that's not the theory that we well that you that I am going with anymore. It's my own mine and Zach's own little concoction theory that we uh, we made up. Um, but it kind of makes sense. But regardless of that, like right, I don't think that Dustin would have been okay with just leaving his new best bud Eddie's body in the upside down to just like be there and let's leave let's him, for the, leave him for the bats um there's there's just i need some flashbacks for those two days for closure yeah and on top of that like i got to the end of that season everyone's real smiley and i'm like does mike know that eddie died oh my god i don't think he <laughs> we talked yet. about that too like he would have <laughs> like, been upset about it they were friends did no one tell yeah, mike? he's like growing his hair out to match his right what? Like, I feel like he would have been upset. So, like, <laughs> I remember watching, I remember watching volume, like, that, that part of volume mm-hmm. two and thinking, like, is this a dream sequence? Everybody seems really happy. Like, what happens? Did they, did they like, all forget what happened? Like, did they lose their memory? Mm-hmm. Are we missing something? Why is Dustin the only one who gives a right, shit? Right, why is Dustin <laughs> like, the only one that looks sad? Yeah, he's crying. And and no one else. Um, yeah. 
honestly though dream sequence i had the same thought but that's not why when it opens and like um karen wheeler is like holding the box and bringing holly and her and holly's inside and Ted's saying something about all like a, about the news and she goes out and she goes to hand the box to Nancy and Robin and Steve are there. I had the sudden realization. I was like, wait, is this, have we fast forwarded to like the fall? Is Nancy going off to college? Is Steve going with her? Like, is that what we're seeing here? That was my mm-hmm. thought. Because I'm like, oh, everyone's kind of happy, smiley. She's, her mom's handing her a box. And then like the van pulled up and I'm like, what? Right. Like, it's, it's very abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, like, honestly, I feel like, I don't know, I know they've got stuff, obviously, they're trying to set up, but I, like, I feel like that would have been, not that I want them to skip all the way to the fall, but I feel like we're clearly missing something, because I feel like that would have made more sense, in a way, than we skip two days, and and everyone's suddenly very happy. I mean, I guess that they're happy to have survived to survive like certain death but that's not like that's a new experience for them like yeah like you know the, it's the like pizza, once a year the pizza van crew it makes sense for them to be happy because as far as they know they yeah. saved the day but like exactly getting back, they should have come back to like some grim faces being like you guys don't know what went down like it's, yeah. it's very weird mm-hmm. yeah like i get that they're happy when they show up because they hadn't been able to get a hold of them but like they're very happy and then when they ask about like oh like Lucas at the hospital and it's like oh like what happened they're like that's when everyone's faces fall yeah so I'm like yeah and what yeah. happened you were there 11 you know what happened <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Mike but like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I concur I concur <laughs> so um and if people were wondering why uh like all these questions are about season one and season two it's because uh the hellfire club collective uh podcast uh right now they have not like at the time of this recording not made it to season three or season four for coverage um so I thought I would just trim it down to the seasons that they have covered, which is uh, one and two. And this is probably like like one of the biggest questions that um, I have that I haven't seen a lot of others, um, you know, question. And that is, why do you think Terry wanted Eleven to find eight? Also, do you think we'll ever see Terry again? Okay, okay, I'll take this on one. That one. So, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be real here because I don't think this is gonna. I don't think we're ever gonna see Terry again. Uh, I think Terry wanted Eleven to find Eight because the Duffers had plans for a spinoff show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Eight was ever intended to play a larger role in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, Although her powers would be incredibly useful in season five. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to make an attempt to redeem that character, they, they got to do it in season five. Um, but I, I sincerely believe after watching that episode of the show, that was not an episode of Stranger Things, uh, that they they specifically wrote it that way so that they could set up another show. Yeah. Because yeah. that, whole, that, that whole episode is basically a proof of concept for new characters, for a yeah. different story. Yeah, it, um, it doesn't even feel 
like an episode of Stranger Things. Like the filming is different. Yeah, it's the shot music, It's shot different. The, the music is different. Everything about it, it, it doesn't feel like you're watching um, the same show. Now, the Terry stuff, I feel like it gives Eleven some closure. Oh, absolutely. Um, which is uh, important for her, but I I agree with you. Like, I don't, I, I think that her having Eleven find Callie was just so that they could introduce this character as a possibility for, oh, well, if she's, you know, if this is oh, received it's, well. It's called a backdoor pilot. There, there you go. It's a backdoor pilot. Um, yeah. and if, it's, this, if this is received well we can go forward with this and she wasn't <laughs> no and i think the ultimate like nail in the coffin for that is season four um because one of the things we do on our podcast is we'll take interstitial episodes where we'll talk about the stranger things comic books mm -hmm. because the duffers have come out and said like all of the comic book all of the comic books are canon to the story unless we decide they are not um and at this point there's only two comic books that they've decanonized and they're the ones that deal with kids from the program that were not, you know, eight or 11 or one. Um, and they did that by writing their own story for those, for those other kids in season four. Uh, those comics do make a brief tie back to Callie and show us that like, Hey, this all exists in the same universe. And by going back in season four and saying, okay, those stories are no longer Canon. All of the kids had the same powers. Callie was an outlier. They've basically said like, we are not coming back to this. We have thrown this idea on the cutting room floor and it's just going to stay where it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely think that um, the whole Cali stuff was, uh, like you said, a backdoor pilot. I think if it, if it wasn't, that wasn't the case, then they would have had, you know, either 11 just interact with Cali or they would have had Cali come look for 11 um, without all these, those other characters and I agree it, it definitely does not feel like a Stranger Things episode that's why I don't really like to watch it and to be honest with you if it weren't for Eleven being in the episode I probably wouldn't you know watch it um but um I would like to see Terry Ives at least one last time only because I think her story is so interesting and uh I feel like we we don't know we still don't know a, a lot about her and her backstory and especially her all of her time um, at the lab. I would always like to know, you know, in season two, um, when Eleven looks through those boxes in Hopper's cabin and he finds, she finds that picture of Brenner and Terry walking together. I always wondered like, you know, what were they doing? Like why? why were they pictured like that together and who took that picture like was it uh you know a government agency or was that on um like video cam like uh security cam footage um you know just little things like that um that i'm interested in that i would like to see again but like you said i don't know if we will um really get that unless we see Terry in some flashbacks and I say that because if you know the theory holds true that Henry Creel is Eleven's biological father uh, then we probably would see some Terry flashbacks um so yeah that's I mean that's I will I say with 
with Terry and Brenner, there are they are releasing like a uh, a Brenner comic, kind of like his origin story. So mm-hmm. that might that might be in there. I mean, I know it's not it's not the show, but it could be like a a cool tie-in. I'm excited to read that because I would like to know: Has Brenner always been like? Was he always this like cold-hearted, like gross person, or was he like you know was he more human? What happened to him? Why did he become this way? <clears throat> yeah I've I've thought that many times myself um, <laughs> I also have another theory about his past but we don't have enough time to uh discuss that <laughs> uh maybe maybe one day um you know come on here and discuss that at length because I feel like it's a very compelling theory and if it were to ever make its way um in the show which is highly doubtful um that would just be awesome <laughs> <laughs> um so how do you think the series will end i know that's a very broad question but i always love to, to ask our guests uh, about this just because i like to you know hear your opinions well we're we're on we're definitely on the it started with will it's gonna end with will train yes in a way in a way um i definitely think that there is going to be you know 11 and uh vecna are gonna have a show have a have a showdown um so we've got a few different theories that we think if they pan out could lead to pretty strong like confrontations in the show because we mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we have Devin has her Eddie theory. Um, we've talked about the possibility of Max becoming a vessel for Vecna. Mm -hmm. Uh, since there's nothing in there right now. Yeah. Um, and I think so the, like L's big thing is going to be trying to get Max back. Um, but I think Vecna is going to use what's left of Max against her. Um, I'm sure that'll end with Max coming back. I I really don't think the Duffers are going to leave her in the lurch like that. I do not think Jonathan is going to make it to the end. Yeah, of the show. neither neither one of us think that Jonathan's going to get that. Jonathan is probably going to like his his big brother is going to come out again, and he's going to die protecting Will, Will in yeah. one way or another. I think I think Steve's going to go for the big sacrifice, and mm-hmm. Jonathan's going to stop him and do it himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody and then everybody is just going to go to therapy for, for a while <laughs> I hope so in, in Indianapolis is um, making mad bank off the government when they all go to therapy <laughs> and they get Owens to pay for it like what else did we talk about have we talked about so have we talked about it i mean as far as how it ends i I don't think there's going to be too much i don't think there's anything going to be anything crazy in the resolution of the show i I mean uh, i'm sorry not i'm gonna i would like to know it since since season four ended with all of those gates opening like will they have reached other places is it just going to be like central central to hawkins or will it have like spread because i have i have read some things about there being a time jump in 
in season five. So like, is it just going to focus? Is- I feel like it's it's like a, such a massive event that happened. Like all these essential, we, we these giant holes in the earth. They have to like fissure and crack keep and expanding. spread and keep expanding. So mm-hmm. is it going to have spread throughout the world and become like this like massive thing that they have to try and and contain, or is it just going to be you know? All of Hawkins. Yeah. Are, are, are we going to contain the end of this show to Hawkins, or is it going to be like a rogue warrior situation? Is it going to go like everywhere? <clears throat> that's yeah. That's a question I don't think we have an answer to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know which where they're going to go with that. What direction they'd go in? I yeah, am sure that Dustin is going to be a badass in season five. I'm sure. Yeah. Who is? Dustin. <laughs> Dustin's going to go full Eddie. Going to go full Eddie. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, he's going to be a little metal kid. I could see that for him. That would be super cool. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that for him, definitely. One of my favorite lines that season four is, and you were wearing that weird out t-shirt, which I thought was brave. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a moment where I'm like, oh, right, because weird out wasn't cool back then. Like, yes. now really, <laughs> like so much stuff I'm like oh right or like in the like I knew about the satanic panic obviously like we had that here in Canada as well but like obviously not on the same scale as usual um but <laughs> like something that, like, I knew about but I was kind of like oh right like some of that stuff you're like oh like it's insane to think that that was ever a thing but it was a thing and like oh or some of that stuff where like they talk about some of the pop culture references I was like oh right back then that wasn't cool back then that wasn't like a cool thing to do now it is but not back then yeah it's so weird for me like personally because i started playing D like in my 20s and i think about like somebody had an issue with like i'm a nerd i'm a huge nerd this is the nerdiest thing i have ever done and i love it but like people thought this was satanic <laughs> it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of nerds sitting around a table together like eating corn chips drinking soda and telling stories like this was what the yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah this is what you chose this is what you zeroed in on <laughs> like i said board house like board housewives looking for something to do right <laughs> like, that's the joke like that was like a, a professor and they talked about um and I, I never knew this before but um like the rating system we have i mean it doesn't really matter now but like back in the day when we had cds and previous stuff like, like the rating system on them and about things being labeled like certain things. So that was like basically bored conservative housewives with nothing to do being like, this is bad for our children. And the same, mm-hmm. thing was the same thing, right? It was like, this is the, this is the hill we're dying on apparently. And like, like that's the equivalent of like thinking there's Satanism and like Magic the Gathering. Like, you right. know, like it's- You know, I'd say there's a stronger argument for magic because the artwork <laughs> is pretty, pretty intense sometimes. <laughs> Um, I just want a convincing ending like I just want an ending that convinces Mm -hmm. me that it was all worth it and that this was the right ending for the show I have you know there are specifics that I want to see uh you know in the last like 20 to 30 minutes of of uh you know the series finale but yeah I mean like I tell the Duff Brothers like just convince me you know, you say that yeah. you know how to stick the landing. Well, then, you know, prove it, you know. Yeah, stick the landing, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Show me that yeah. you actually do. <laughs> yeah. There's there yeah. is a lot on the table. Yeah. And like I feel like as a fan, we just have to go in saying, you know what? I don't want everything. I just want to be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and something I want to, I know people have to speculate about who's going to die and blah, 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 blah. And to be honest, I'm not really into death speculation because everybody was all over Steve. And I get that there was a billboard and whatever. But then I was like, uh, we lost her. Oh, no. no. Well, she mentioned Steve. I think originally Steve was supposed to die in season one. Yeah, he yeah, was. He was. They, they originally yeah. wanted him to, and then they're like, "No, Joe Curie is too much too of a good. delight. <laughs> we want him around." Yeah, I mean, and it's like, you know, Jason was what Steve, you know, was supposed to be in season one. Oh, I could never have seen have yeah. seen Joe Curie pull like do that that's that's not no 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 couldn't pull it off he's he's just too likable yeah yeah i didn't know that i didn't know that 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 was they originally had like wanted steve to be like 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 who's gonna be oh god jason billy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah my two favorite people Yeah, we have we have oh, very strong opinions on Billy, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I was I have, I have this all the podcasts, but some I'm like, yeah, I yeah. Um, also, man, like it's something I like about the show is that like the the people who are the the best actors come through, like Joe, more depth and nuance than than they were expecting, and I'm like, wow, like he's so much better as the steve we have now than being jason or billy i think yeah i mean that's exactly what happened with eddie too like he brought something to that character they didn't Mm -hmm. expect and they were like oh we have to keep him around like this no this is too good yeah they rewrote a lot of his stuff um during the during the pandemic yeah Mm -hmm. and like i i appreciate that i really do like if you have an actor who's really killing it and just fits into your show so well yeah don't waste the potential yeah yeah no 100 percent agree like i've there's a lot of other shows i was like a huge huge fan of and something that's bothered me in the last few years is like as the shows got towards the end like you'd be all in for a storyline and actually would have chemistry and you'd be like oh this is great and then they want to go another way and i you know try to read articles to understand and the answer turned out to be well we decided we were going with this last summer so rather than following where the actors kind of performance and chemistry led we went with something we decided last summer and it shows it's so obvious when they do that because you're like why are you going with this when you could be going with that and I really appreciate this is a show that's like they have a plan but then they look at what they're given like they look what the actors are bringing to it and they adjust because Mm -hmm. that's what you should do like if you know like I think something that makes the show so great is I mean the original plan was these characters were supposed to be like one-dimensional or best two-dimensional like stereotypes from 80s movies and TV and the actors just brought so much more nuance they're like well that was the plan but we could we could grow we could expand this because we're getting great stuff here and they evolved past that and I'm like that's that's so cool I think that's what makes the show so interesting or part of what makes it so interesting for me anyway is yeah Yeah. watching the evolution they're creating a show steeped in D&D and they're treating the writing process 
as a game of D&D. If something's yeah. going well, if you if if your players are really if they're doing something you didn't write out for them and didn't expect, you react to that. You don't just follow your plan and railroad it, you integrate it. And it's something they've always done a they've done an incredible job with on this show. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um oh sorry, Jasmine. Um so one more uh question before uh get you guys out of here. Um, and you don't really even have to like really explain this, but um, I just want to, Zach, I want to hear you say this on the show because I heard it on your show and I really loved it. And I uh, want you to you um, reiter reiterate this for um, ham radio audience. So you mentioned um, on the Hellfire Club Collective that Brenner in season one was training Eleven to kill uh, Henry slash one slash Beckman. Um, so could you, you know you just uh, reiterate uh, your theory uh, for the people? Well, why are you making faces? I'm just a read. Okay, okay, tell, okay. Tell your, tell your theory. Sorry, that's on my end. Um, <laughs> so I think this theory, even even though I am a staunch believer that season one is, for the most part, wholly unconnected until uh, like from the overall story until they started season two, I think this theory still holds up. I think um, that. Brenner's intention was to train Eleven to kill One. And I think if we go back to the scenes in season one where he's training her to use her powers, he wants her to murder that cat. He wants her to be less human. He's disappointed when she can't. He is molding her to be a weapon mm -hmm. that he can point and fire in whatever direction he needs to. He's constantly putting her in situations that are going to dehumanize her. And in my opinion, that's how you like that. That's the intention to dehumanize her, to make her something that he can point at Vecna and go, all right, kill this guy. I like, I have to clean up loose ends. You are going to do what I tell you to do. You're powerful enough to do it. Finish the job you started when you were a little kid. Yeah. And it's, it's a very compelling uh, theory. And it just speaks to, you know, just who, who Brenner is. Like, he takes no responsibility for his actions whatsoever. Um, because it's like what Eleven said in, in episode eight of season four, I believe. And she said, you know, you let this man who murdered his family when he was just a child, you let him near children, knowing despite having a, a chip in his neck, you know, knowing what he was capable of like you know that was absolutely on Brenner like he should have never had Henry around those kids you know despite you know him having control over him like yeah you know, it, it speaks to his arrogance like yeah. of course I can handle this situation nothing's going to happen because I'm in charge which is bullshit <laughs> yeah would you mind uh, telling everyone um, where they can find you on uh, the socials and um, where they can find your podcast and, uh, you know, when, what days do you uh, release your, your episodes? Uh, so social media wise right now, um, we just have Instagram um, and I, I run that um, and it's, it's at Hawkins Hellfire Collective, same as our, um, our podcast. And then we are, we're, 
pretty much available on every um, podcast like platform, like wherever you listen to them. We're on Spotify. We're on um, Apple. Um, I don't. I don't know. We're on the. We're on the big ones. Um, and then our um, we release new episodes every Sunday at uh, 10 a.m. So give us a listen <laughs> if you want to hear us rant and rave about. Every episode of Stranger Things sure to be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, like, hit us up on Instagram. We'd love to talk to anybody who's listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, if you we say this on our podcast, like if you are on Instagram and you have a particular theory, or if you listen to an episode and you want to tell us your thoughts, like <laughs> send us a message. A message. We're always open to you know having having conversations with um you know, fans of the podcast, fans of the show, because it's really fun. Like this was really fun for us because we just, we talk about it just to each other. So getting to talk about it with, you know, another Stranger Things podcast and then, you know, other Stranger Things fans, it was really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. We we loved having you. And yeah, you should definitely check out their show. Again, you will not be disappointed, um, especially if you're Eddie Stan. Uh, (laughs) You you will not, you will not want to miss Devin's hot takes on uh, Eddie. Um, And even if you were like, I'm glad Eddie's dead. They did a good job. You will still want to listen to their podcast because they just might convince you otherwise. (laughs) I try my hardest. Hey, if that's what we're going to be known for, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, thank everyone for joining Jasmine and I and Zach and Devin on today's um, episode. Again, um, you can check out Zach and Devin on Instagram and they're available on all platforms and we'll have uh, all their links uh, linked in today's episode description. Uh, So for now, it's me and Jasmine. uh, We're signing off. Um, Over and out.